Welcome back to another episode of the Science of the Southland Recap Show. It is September 27th here on a beautiful day uh, in Atlanta. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Jake Grant from the campus of Georgia Tech. How are you, sir? Well, you see, it's a beautiful day to be a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, the Bears, the Cubs, the White oh, Sox, they're all in first place. No, it's a. I hate that I have to take such pride in the football antics of today. But you know, after yesterday, I, I, I'll I'll raise my flag even if it means other people's get uh, burnt, torn, salted, and stepped on. Uh, well, you know, there's quite a few people that might need that treatment <laughs> after the events of today. We'll leave that to the alcoholics at the Falcoholic, so. Yeah, that's that's more their department. But we do have a, another Georgia Tech football game to talk about, as well as a lot of other ACC games to talk about. But we did have some Georgia Tech volleyball earlier this week. Jake, I hear you have an update on that. I do. Um, and before I start, I want to shout out uh, Trevor Davidson, who's doing our advanced stats for From the Rumble Seat now for them, uh, doing a fine job. So look for the advanced look later. Um, but the short, uh, I guess, three-sentence snippet is, went to Miami for two games, uh, split them one and one, went to the bit set in each. Um, your context is Miami last year was not that good, but they were riddled by injuries. Um and in the past, Tech has gone through, uh, how you say, uh, blatant cupcakes for a while before hitting conference play uh, and has a history of starting out slow. So it was definitely, I'm not going to say unsurprising to see them lose the first game, but they definitely look slow out of the gate. But that's kind of been typical for them over the last few years. Um, but they did uh, hold on, gut it out, make their adjustments to a young Miami team and a healthy Miami team this year. Um, and, and get to win on Friday. Yeah, and I, I caught parts of both matches, and there was one Miami player that was very, very tall, and she was really getting, uh, really getting the, making the most of her stature right when she was on the net. Like, m- lots of blocks. Elizabetta. I forget her last name, but I remember that her first name was Elizabetta. Yes. She's yeah, a red. I, I the best player. I didn't look up the roster. I, I feel like she's number eight on Miami or something. Um, but she she was able to, you know, keep Tech's front line in check for, for a lot of that match. Actually, yeah. for a lot of both matches. And I I, I do think it like, to start the season splitting that series, obviously there are only eight games uh, because of the adjustments of the schedule because um, of COVID. Uh, but but to start the season splitting that series is a, is a little disappointing, especially um, when your opponent is coming off of the season that Miami had last year. Yeah, um, but again, you have the you have the carve outs of they haven't seen live play since December, even if they were one of the last teams in the country to be playing. Um, I think the fact that they made adjustments because Miami basically had film on all these players, right? Because mm-hmm. it it's essentially the same lineup we trotted out and swept them twice last year with. Um, and, and a lot of 
what Tech was seeing was a bunch of question marks from somebody who hasn't played in two years or who has never played college ball or certainly not seeing them play together. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I didn't foresee us losing either game. I thought it wouldn't also be particularly close. So I'll eat some words on that. Um, but in hindsight, it's it, it's a loss that in a normal year would be very recoverable. The problem is the schedule this year looks a lot more uh, like football than basketball because, you know, it's usually like a 30-plus game set, and we see it as like, oh, yeah, yeah, basketball is going to drop one to NC State or whoever. Grambling State, what? And it, yeah. Um, right some, State, what? <laughs> Women's basketball is going to drop one to not <laughs> Uh, okay but i get your point yeah (laughs) Yeah. every loss it every loss just means more akshay ah we're sec now Mm -hmm. all quality losses um but no tech still has a shot uh ncaa announced that the uh tournament's going to be in the spring only with 48 teams uh so harder to get in but I mean, I assume we'll play more games after Jan 1, so that'll help, too. Yeah. Who are they playing next? Um, so pods are three pods of five teams. Uh, you play the other four teams in double headers. Right. Um, so the other four teams are in action this week, and then we'll see Florida State at home the 7th, I think, is our next game. It's either it's mm. either 7 or 7-8. Okay. That's next week. I think. Yeah. Well, like the week after this, you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I Florida state. I think we, we talked about them um, very high level a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. They were a good team last year, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right. Uh, bubble qual uh, bubble quality ACC team. Um, they're probably the second best team in our pod after us. Uh, Grant famous last words. That's a bold statement to that say. Is a very bold statement. Considering we just split one and one with Miami. But again, Miami has been a tournament team eight of the last 11 years. So again, it's not like we're playing the Citadel. What? It's not like we're going up the street and playing Grady or something like that. So it, we should go 2-0 against Clemson. We should go 2-0 against Wake. Florida State is the other one that I was like, okay, like if we go 1-1, one one, I'll, I'll understand. But but it's at home. I hear they're letting fans in, so and we know how Tech plays at O'Keefe. So. Mm-hmm. It'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what they do depending on the fan situation. Obviously, that's always going to be in flux uh, the rest of the way here, uh, depending on what the situation is on campus. But... A Rowdy O'Keefe is always, you know, a couple ticks to the win probability there. Yeah, I will say that O'Keefe is definitely um, a, a, a two-headed beast. You hit that, like, magic, whatever, like, 60-ish percent full, and it goes from, like, okay, this is weirdly empty to being, like, ravenous. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully the people who show up, because there's no chance it'll be at 60%, are ravenous. But... um I don't know, like in terms of just holding 
matches with people, Adam. Georgia Tech's numbers, uh, COVID-wise, look fantastic. Um, we're, I believe we're under 10 positive cases from all of last week in asymptomatic testing. So mm-hmm. the the whoever powers that be that you want to paint this on, that want to make it look like Georgia Tech is doing bad, they're wrong. I couldn't be more pleased with how Georgia Tech has been handling the, the coronavirus. That's good to hear. And, uh, you know, hopefully volleyball does get its, you know, its fan support in a, in a safe environment the rest of the way. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move on to talk about the other ACC games that were in action this weekend. I got the schedule pulled up. I'm just going to rattle them off and uh, tell me what you think here. Go right ahead. All right. Uh, the One of the nooners, uh, other than our game and Syracuse, number 24, Louisville, 20, number 21, Pittsburgh, 23. That was on the ACC network. Um. Again, because I was watching our game at noon pretty exclusively, I didn't see more than a couple seconds of this game, but I think it validates, uh, just looking at some of the stats and the score, some of my preconceptions of both teams. I'm personally pleased to see it was a tight contest. I think that validates their ranks. Uh, granted, we're going to see that shuffling around with you know everybody else trying to get their seven and eight game schedules in, but I think the better team won, and I, I'm I. Gosh, Louisville makes me less confident in them being scary as I was, but also Syracuse made me way less confident in us than I was, so I can't really take away anything. It's all a wash. Yeah, it's just L's all the way down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will note that Louisville, well, two notes on Louisville. One, Louisville dropped out of the polls uh, today uh, after being at 24. Pittsburgh dropped 224 in the AP poll. So that's a note on Pittsburgh. But the major story coming out of this game uh, is that I think on literally the last offensive snap for Louisville, their starting quarterback, uh, Mikhail Cunningham, had to be carted off. So obviously hope he's okay. I did not look ahead at Louisville's schedule to see if they're playing uh, this coming weekend. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he's healthy by by the time that uh, Tech and Louisville meet up in two weeks. Yeah. Um, for the first time, we're playing a football game in which my family is a house divided. So we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> that'll that'll be a fun one. Yeah. Um, the other nooner was going to be number seven, Notre Dame at Wake Forest. That was going to be on ABC, but that got canceled because of coronavirus tests, I believe, at Notre Dame. Um, so we'll see what the situation is moving forward for both schools. Uh, but moving on to the 4 p.m. slot on ACC Network, Duke 20, Virginia 38. Yeah, uh, I'm glad uh, of those two, two teams, Duke's the one still on our schedule. I'm Every year I feel like, oh, they're going to start being Duke again, uh, which, for the record, I have never seen them be Duke in quite the way some of our fan base thinks of Duke. Um, while I've been a Georgia Tech fan. But if that's the year they're going to do it, well, cool, sign me up. Yeah, I, I think, I I know, you know, this is a small sample size, but it seems like Virginia has somewhat stabilized after the loss of uh, uh, Bryce Perkins and a lot of their contributors from last year. But again, yeah. I think that comes with a caveat of, of 
Duke. So yeah, we got to see him play a couple more games first. Uh, Commonwealth Cup has got pushed around a lot, and they, you know, small small sample size and Duke. Speaking of small sample sizes, the six p.m. game on I think this was on your regional sports network. Oh, yeah, uh, Boston but... College twenty four, Texas State twenty one. I just want to go on the record and say. Texas State had this game in a bag until they got a uh, what it was it a, either a roughing the punter or a targeting penalty on two consecutive punts Oof. by uh, by Boston College and just gave Boston College uh, two prime field position drives to win this game. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm very pleased that Boston College won because if they hadn't, I would have had to tell you, told you you were right, and you know I hate doing that. So, so close. Texas State has lost three games now in very, very brutal ways. Uh, I think there was a seven-point loss to SMU to start the year. Um, they missed an extra point and a field goal in overtime. Uh, two weeks ago, I think that was to Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana Monroe. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then this game at the buzzer uh, in or at Boston College. Very, very, very good one in three team. Arguably the best one in three team in America. Gosh, those are that's what split zone duo. That's what a split zone duo said this morning. What is a split zone duo, sir? Uh, it is Moon Crew's new podcast. Also, it's some sort of running play that I don't really understand. And I think that's the whole point. So I'm, you can't see it, but I'm, I'm shrugging my shoulders in confusion. My question is, when is Godfrey going to grace us with his presence again? But I guess that's not for me to know. Yeah, that's for us to find out. Uh, you know, we're also wondering when Florida State will show up ever again. <laughs> Good segue. I, I had to think about that one for a second. Florida State 10, number 12, Miami 52. That was the 7.30 on ABC. So uh, is Miami back? Or is Florida State just so bad that they lost in a butt kicking by their rival and to Georgia Tech? Uh, I think Florida State is just really bad. I... Law of small sample sizes here. I don't think that's a thing. I'm going to claim it's a thing. Uh, also, Florida State is very bad at football. Um, and I don't I don't have to eat crow for saying that because we beat them. So, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Florida State is very bad at playing football. This game was 38-3 to at halftime. I, I feel very bad for you if you're a Florida State fan. I have sympathy because I watched this. Happened to Georgia Tech last year, but ooh, this is a rough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final game on the ACC slate was the 8 p.m. slot on the ACC network. That was NC State 24, number 20, Virginia Tech 45. This is remarkably similar looking to that one horrible, horrible basketball game. That you ooh, played. there was a joke about made about that on Twitter. I think from Roger Sherman. Really? Great minds, yes. man. Great minds. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the score from the basketball game. I think it was like 48, 47, 24. But yeah. 
I mean, it's technically a basketball score. We saw some other like actual basketball scores this week. Uh, Texas, Texas Tech comes to mind, but this is also technically one. Yeah, and, and if you want to talk about Texas, uh, uh, I was going to say minor programs, but Texas Tech isn't really a minor program. If you want to talk about Texas, insert other word describing a school thing here, state, tech, whatever, uh, that uh, could have had a nice little upset for themselves. The Red Raiders, that was that oh, was the thing I watched a lot of, I'll tell you that. That was brutal. That was to, ugh, to have that game and like that and also blow a 14-point lead, no, 15-point lead in three minutes. You know, I guess I've seen that twice in the last two weeks, so I sympathize. <laughs> Go Bears. Uh, All right. So that does that about does it for the ACC slate. Shall we get to our main point of business today? Uh, would that be the football game played in the new and improved Carrier Dome? The new and improved and refurbished Carrier Dome. Uh, was it Ernie Davis Legends Field? Yeah. Le- Legends of the field. Indeed. So... Georgia Tech went up to Syracuse in New York this weekend and came home with a 17-point loss, 20-37. I kind of referred to this earlier, but I do need to eat some crow from last week. I called Syracuse, point blank, a very bad football team. Um, I don't think I can say that in good faith anymore. this was, I mean, their their offense needed some work, and, and we'll we'll talk about that. But that defense defense held up very well. Uh, held up is not really the word, but they they played very well um, against a pretty youthful, pretty inexperienced uh, tech front. Um, and and obviously head to head score wise, Cuse proved they were better. So yeah, I will I will take my lumps there. The whole. Uh pattern of getting it uh, getting into a hole getting it back to be close sort of late um and then the other team just pulling away shades of ucf i would not call syracuse as good of a team as the uh golden citronauts or whatever they're called um oh that's gonna make ucf twitter angry i mean if a bunch of dudes want to come after me they can find me at uh 38 godfrey joey magna carter live all all of these are Twitter accounts that will eventually get back to me, you know. Obviously. Um, I mean, if it means more listeners, then I'm all for it, you know. Yeah, you know, you, you gotta you gotta be edgy, I guess. Um, but no. Um I, what's the difference between Syracuse and UCF that Florida State didn't have? Tape. Florida yeah. Florida State didn't have the advantage of knowing what a Jeff Sims and UCF didn't have the advantage of knowing what a Jameer Gibbs, what would look like. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have a more mediocre team definitely than UCF with plenty of time to say, here's how you can attack the true freshman on the offensive line. Right. Here's Mm -hmm. how you can attack the true freshman at starting quarterback. And even, even the running backs, which is our most, stable position right like nobody is nobody is immune to being young i mean i you know i feel like most people in the world 
don't want to be immune to being young. I feel like being young is a good thing, but it certainly did not work out for Tech in, in this game. Um, Sims made a lot of freshman mistakes uh, to the point where Collins pulled him right on the right late in the fourth quarter uh, with three drives, I think, remaining for Tech. Um, he went 13 for 28 for 174 yards, which is like pretty, pretty down from where he was the last two weeks. Um, he had one touchdown, but he threw four picks, the latter two of which were ooh, ooh, very, very bad. Um, hey, uh, Roddy thinks he's going to win a Heisman, though, so just get ready for that in three years. To clarify, that is Roddy White of Falcons glory, not uh, Roddy Jones. Um, Roddy had to have had something to drink uh, watching that but because it was – it was not a good performance under center, or I guess at the shotgun position. Anyway, um, it so four picks, and then also you, you tack on a fumble, fumble there. It just was not a good, yeah, it just was not a good performance. And I think part of it isn't really on him. It's like you said, Cuse was able to bring a lot of pressure against a relatively inexperienced offensive line. Obviously, you have transfer Ryan Johnson in there. You have uh, Mikey Minahan in there who who got a lot of snaps last season, but by and large, that offensive line is still relatively new. It's still, it's still coming together and it's still young overall. And they just had a lot of trouble uh, keeping the pocket clean for Sims. When he got the ball, when he got rid of the ball quickly, he was, you know, he was clicking at times, but when he had to sit in the pocket, sort of find a read, you saw weird stuff happen. Like we had, the the pass batted into the air for a pick. We had just some like weird running around in the pocket and then getting sacked. Like it could have gone a lot better uh for the for the offensive line in this game. Yeah. Um again, I don't have a ton to ton to add. I don't want to harp on them too bad. I, I do mm-hmm. think the play looks better better than it did. And like t- to their credit, they were getting five, six, seven, eight Syracuse guys right in their faces on almost every play. Like mm-hmm. at some point, that not like even if it's not in a specific play that they beat you, it wears you down. It wears you down. And mm-hmm. and to Jeff Sims and Dave Patton's credit too, there's a couple plays where they were able to look down the field and throw a pass, albeit not always a very good one, but at least. Something. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was something that this is something that we touched on after the UCF game too. If if teams are gonna load the box and then play man coverage against you, you have to beat them over the top. Like they're daring you to beat them over the top. And you you saw it a couple times in this game. There was the one almost uh touchdown reception from I wanna say it was Omri and Brown uh down the sideline. That was just a deep bomb. Um, but they, again, it was, you sort of kept, or you sort of kept seeing uh, Georgia Tech's adherence to those short and medium throws rather than trying to, trying to continue to hit a, you know, a, a Syracuse secondary that was already missing its best player. And also usually just playing man to man. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, and, and yeah, you'd think we'd get lucky on them missing a pretty big part of their secondary. But um, what was I going to say? One thing that I I would like to add before we get off of offense or pivot away. Speaking of going over the top and, and getting in the passing game, we did such a great job against Florida State getting the ball through the air to our running backs. Mm-hmm. And I think we completed, what, one pass to a running can, back? I can look that up real quick. Just, okay. just I, keep, keep I, talking. I think, I'm looking it up. I think Jemias Griffin had one, but I cannot for the life of me remember. I don't – shame me. Shame on me. I don't keep the stats immediately in front of me. I kind of vamp off of this. Um, love being the gut feel guy. Um, but yeah, no, I thought we did a really great job in, against Florida State spreading the wealth, and I just haven't seen that. Haven't seen that as much. Also, while I'm on this, running backs in general, clearly that is the high point of I think any of our units is our running back room and whether you're getting them more involved by pounding the rock or going through the air, then I I think that Tashard's uh, light needs to shine a little brighter there. Mm -hmm. Just to sort of uh, put a bow on this, uh, Jameer Gibbs had the only two receptions for a Georgia Tech running back. And he went two for 26 uh, with – Really, one of those being the touchdown on fourth down, which was like twenty uh, 24-yard reception, and then the other being a two-yard uh, reception. So, yeah, I think that's something we didn't see. But it's but like you're saying, it's something that we definitely saw versus UCF, too. And it's something that uh, Richard Johnson from, from Moon Crew and formerly SB Nation pointed out on Twitter uh, in the aftermath of that game that Tech ran some really nice – uh, HB angle routes and HB wheel routes um, in that game versus UCF to sort of take advantage of the advantages of the seams uh, in UCF's coverage. And that's not something that we really saw in this game. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's something that we, you know, we, we see more of as the season progresses, because if you looked at sort of the cutups that uh, Richard was doing, that was something that was super effective because Especially when you're like you, the defense is bringing a lot of pressure, that leaves that midsection pretty wide open. So if you can get a running back into that space, he's he's home free for a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think if we see pressure, we need to be dialing dialing that back up. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last thing on our show notes from the offense is talking about the procedural penalties which were awful. Like I, I know Jeff got a little bit, not Jeff Sims or Jeff Collins, but Jeff Kramer, our football editor got a little bit roasted in his uh, recap for talking about specific players and specific penalties, man, you got to call a spade a spade. If, if mm-hmm. it, it keeps happening, 15, 104, is not an accident. It's mm-hmm. not and, an accident. And to clarify, that's 15 total penalties for 104 yards. Obviously, we haven't split that into, you know, defensive penalties and offensive penalties. But even, like, anecdotally, the vast majority of those calls are false starts or, um, like, false starts, illegal procedure, illegal shift, illegal formation. Uh, like, uh, uh, there may have been a couple holdings in there. It just was, like... The, 
obviously this team is young, and that was a, ca- a caveat that w- one of our other writers brought up is that, yes, this team is young. Yes, we expect them to be undisciplined, but 15, 15 penalties for that kind of undiscipline is, is, is a lot. Yep. And, and especially when you – when, for by and large, you outperformed Syracuse. Obviously, we're talking, like, very negative about the offense. But if you look purely statistically, this was a very – I mean, they outgained Syracuse like by a significant margin. Um, especially when you get this many penalties, that's just going to kill drives. It's going to kill momentum. And it just gives Syracuse opportunities – to score on short fields when you have to punt from like rid, uh, ridiculously deep in your own territory. Like there was one instance where tech was facing a, like a first and 35. Yep. Oh that yeah. That kind of stuff is just not, it's, it, it needs to be worked on. When you make a 25 yard gain and run past a stick and it's not a first down bad time. Um, and I will say one other thing is that I'm trying to word this. I'm not trying to inflame or anything like that. Um, oh, yes, it was put to me well. Procedural penalties and being undisciplined. Turning the ball over a lot. And, you know, going hit or miss through the air. You can have one of those things, or even two of those things sometimes. Can't have all three. Yeah, you can't have systematic failing, bad clock management and coaching. You can't have a, a chain reaction because the effect is, is exponential, right? Your, your one thing leads into another, leads into another, and then they all work together, and suddenly you're in four holes instead of, you know, there's four holes nearby each other. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. You're, you're staring down a deep well at that point. Mm-hmm. I think we've uh, battered a young offense just enough let's move on to the defense which is you know notably a little bit more experienced Tommy DeVito who's Syracuse's quarterback had you know a so-so day uh under center but I mean he's still able to do pretty well I think the advanced metrics and some of the efficiency stats don't necessarily agree with me but if you look at it purely in terms of volume 13 for 24 for 194, two touchdowns and, and a pick. Like, it's not a terrible day at the office. No. I, I, he, he was okay. He was okay. He was serviceable. Our, uh, our defense lacked a little bit of the uh, havoc or the, the bringing it to the quarterback that I think we've had the first couple weeks. But, I don't know. Picking him, picking him off um, felt like a huge momentum shift when that happened. And I think our defense did a decent job uh, containing him. Mm-hmm. I will uh, also mention that Cuse was able to hammer the run game pretty good, um, I, but surprisingly less than they actually less than I thought they did. Um, Turner, who was their main running back, who I believe is a freshman, uh, went twenty four for one twelve and a touchdown. Uh, but he was able to rip over some big big runs in open field. Um, where there were just a couple missed tackles here and there uh, from tech linebackers. Yeah. I, um, I, I think he's, he's a talented player. I'm not gonna, not gonna be smirching. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, it's also important to note that Hughes is a team that lost its two 
uh, starting running backs to opt outs before the season. So Turner is the third choice guy and he still did pretty well against tech. Um, uh, on the back end, uh, or I guess the front end here, uh, tech's havoc rate, like you touched on was pretty, pretty not so good. Uh, they only had the one sack on Tommy DeVito who's had been sacked, I think 15 times, uh, in the previous two games, uh, for, and that had around an, uh, 12% havoc rate. But I think the, again, the sort of rigmarole here is the defense overall, if you look at all the overall things, it didn't do terribly. And Cuse wasn't super effective on offense either. Like, just to read off a couple stats here, uh, Cuse's overall success rate on offense was 32%. Passing the ball, 36%. R- running the ball, 30%. Like, these are low. These are far below national averages. So, like, efficiency-wise, or if, and effectiveness-wise, they did well. But they were also working with short fields the vast majority of the time because of mistakes by the offense. Yeah. Um, the short, the short fields, like especially out of the gate forcing, it wasn't a three and one off the start, but it was, they immediately got a first down and then it was three and out. Um, and another long drive defense contained them great, but those short fields, you know, you build up an early lead and then you're playing a different style of ball than when it's zero, zero. And I think another thing that you touched on uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but I think applies for the defensive side of the ball too, opposing offenses have also realized what Tech's tendencies are is because they have the, that tape of how this defense has looked. And I think that tape from UCF that showed that tempo and throwing over the top is is very effective against against this defense made uh, had a big impact on UCF or on Syracuse's game plan this week because. Yep. That's what you saw. They went to tempo a lot, especially early. The first couple drives were high tempo. Um, yep. And then there were a couple, there were, you saw every drive at least once DeVito was going long. Um, and I think that like an adjustment needs to be made there to make sure that is sorted out moving forward this season. Yep. I agree. Okay, uh, rounding out our game recap, special teams was uh, special in multiple ways. Uh, Gavin Stewart's first field goal attempt on Saturday was uh, not great. That bounced off of a lineman's helmet um, and ended up wide right, if I remember. I think that was from 26 as well, so... uh, not a particularly long one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will note uh, two good things. Uh, we had some decent kickoff and punt returns from uh, Ezard and Gibbs. Uh, so those were nice to see. And then also, you know, Presley Harvin is still booming punts. Yeah. Can't complain about yeah. that. The Presley Harvin punt um, got us a lot of Twitter traction. Thank you for the people who give us clout. We appreciate you. Punters uh, are people too, Jake. Punters yeah. are people too. I mean, he's he's our unit. Can't can't hate on that. Yeah, uh, it it is important to note that one of Harvin's punts was uh, was almost seventy yards, right? I think air yards. It was seventy, but since punts are for some reason ruled from the line of scrimmage, it ended up being sixty-four. 
Yeah, yeah, he was he was pretty pretty far back in his own territory and put it. That, and it was immediately after after a procedure penalty that bumped us back. Because <laughs> I remember I was like, shoot, like that was a pretty good punt, blah blah, whatever. And then he goes and booms it ten yards longer, puts it on yep. the on the four yard line. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I re- I remember the punt. It it bounced right at the five, but then yep. it ba- but its bounce was horizontal, like completely horizontal, and bounced out of bounds. Yep, it was amazingly skillful, and I I think <laughs> I I enjoy every time he punts the ball. I, that's not something I expect to say about a about a football team, but I I genuinely enjoy every time Presley Harvin punts a football. You can take this quote to the bank, Akshay. Presley Harvin's punts are much must watch TV. Must they watch are. TV. They are. Punters are people too. Yep. Uh, and last couple of notes here. Advanced stats wise, uh, Tech's five turnovers resulted in uh, or equated to about 10.6 points of turnover luck uh, based on Bill Conley's formula. So you can just kind of think of that as leaving 10.5 points on the table. Not particularly great. Um, and going back to what I've been sort of harping on uh, this whole episode, uh, Tech's win probability in this game based on our model was about 53%. So this was a winnable game. Yeah. It just, it, especially when you look at the stats, it's just penalties and mistakes just continue to bite Tech in the, uh, continue to bite. Uh, tech in the neck or the back or whatever the the, the other word is that I'm trying to avoid saying. <laughs> uh, Any final thoughts? Started quoting a famous song there, actually, but I'll leave that to our listeners. Yeah, uh, I'm. I, I realized that as soon as those words came out of my mouth, and now I regret saying that live on air. But you know, we're gonna swerve right past that. You know, that's you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet. Um, Otherwise, I need this bye week. This team's put me on an emotional roller coaster. (laughs) That team put me on an emotional roller coaster next Saturday. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm sure as heck not watching any football. (laughs) And watch the Falcons on Monday. That'll be an emotional roller coaster. You know, the one one good thing about the Falcons is that I can watch them purely for entertainment, and it doesn't let me down. Because I just don't care. Speak for yourself. Uh, all right. <laughs> just to just finish this off, uh, new S&P Plus rankings were out this morning. They are now out of 126 teams uh, with the Big Ten, uh, Pac-12, Mountain West, and Mid-American opting back into the season. Uh, there are four other teams in FBS that are not playing. I don't really know what those are offhand. Anyway, Tech is now 63rd uh, in SP Plus with the 94th ranked offense, 40th ranked defense, and 69th ranked special teams. Nice. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this game before we do our picks for next week? Let's talk picks. I'm ready to be done with Syracuse. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go over to picks. I'm. Uh, so we are um, looking. Can I tell the uh, can I tell the listeners how we did last week? Go for it. Perfect. Um, yours truly got four. Akshay got two. Uh, 
Notre Dame and Wake both lost to COVID, so it was only out of five games. Um, Team chaos there. They both picked Louisville, who lost, uh, Virginia and Miami, who won. And then the difference was we had Boston College and Texas State. I picked BC. I should get half of a point for that. And uh, the other one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I picked Virginia Tech, and you picked uh, North Carolina State. Okay. Well, I still think the Hokies are questionable, especially since they had 26 players out versus North Carolina State. But uh, that that says a lot about North Carolina State as a football program currently. It really does, doesn't it? All right. Starting on a Friday, October 2nd, 7 o'clock on the ACC Network, Campbell at Wake Forest. Sir, if you don't pick Wake Forest, I might have to just yeet out of the podcast right here. Wake Forest is going to win. Wake Forest is going to win big. Uh, I don't have the line in front of me, but if Wake Forest doesn't cover whatever line, that is uh, concerning. Georgia Southern beat Campbell with half their team out. I think I think they may have failed to cover, but I, I don't have that number in front of me immediately. All right, moving on to Saturday. Got a win. <laughs> Moving right. on to Saturday, the nooner on the ACC network, NC State versus newly minted number 24, Pittsburgh. Um, I'll take Pitt. I think Pitt might skunk NC State here. I think there's a real possibility of it. Uh, more or less than their skunking of Austin P at home. I mean, like a higher or lower probability. I mean, the definitely score. a lower probability. But the score, what do you I think is going to be? I don't know. I still don't believe in that pit offense. Like, I feel like it's going to be like 24 points. 24 points sounds reasonable. Okay. I'll take it. <sighs> right. The All right. 330 uh, on ABC, number 12, UNC at Boston College. Do you believe in Boston College yet? Uh, do I want to see UNC lose? Yes. Do I believe that Boston College is going to be the team to do it? Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll take Boston College. All right. Uh, to be an antagonist, I'll pick UNC. As is tradition. Uh, moving on, the 4 p.m. slot on your local regional sports network. Jacksonville State at Florida State. Bro, give me the game, Cox. <laughs> I kind of want to pick Jacksonville State here, but, I, you know, if Florida State doesn't win this game, I don't think there's another win on their schedule. I really don't. All right. So you are you Florida I'm going to pick here? Florida State to clarify. <laughs> Florida State has to win this game. They have to, but will they? I don't know. Well, I'm picking them, so hopefully. Uh, the other 4 p.m. game in ACC land, this is going to be on the ACC network. Virginia Tech travels to Duke. Mm-hmm. Give me Virginia Tech. Yeah, I will also take the Hokies. Duke is, uh, Duke is not, not so great right now. Agreed. And then the nightcap. 
8 p.m. on ACC Network. Virginia travels to Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah. If you don't pick Clemson, um, I would be very shocked. I'm going to go with Clemson. I saw what happened the last time these two teams played. It'll probably happen again. Yeah, this one's a no-brainer. But if we were picking based on the spread, I might be convinced to take Virginia. But we're picking straight up. So give me Clemson. Perfect. I'm fine with that. All right. That about does it for the schedule. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh, Not much, but uh, you should check the Atlanta United score. I should. But you saying that makes me think it's going to be bad. So, you know, I might have to preserve my mental state on that one. All right. Well, um, in that case, all I got is uh, good night, I guess. (laughs) Good night. We'll see you next week. Oh, son.